Just a few film nerds breaking out of a rut Drooling over cinema that's hard and uncut Stick us in your ear, thrill to this month's picks And come and listen in, we're measuring flicks The blood, if we take... If we take the, the blood as a metaphor for art, because this whole movie, it, it runs through with art, with mm-hmm. um, what Adam is, he's recording his music, but he's making his music in a vacuum, kind of. He's taking in like all like some funky records, but a lot of his stuff is 45s, like old vinyl. Mm-hmm. So what I, what I wrote down is the, our vampires, uh, Adam and Eve, have eschewed feeding on humans on feeding naturally they're taking in the now this is where i'm just gonna like hash it out really rough no no it's fine they're taking in the old the perceived purity of old art and culture like the class that i was in where you can think of it like the vampires are only reading faulkner shakespeare classical greek literature they're only listening to bach schubert beethoven mozart and they're, they've stopped interacting with the zombies, with the zombies. society, right. big, broad society. And then I wrote down, because the stuff the kids are taking in these days is so vapid, such crap, that they've poisoned themselves. So I think, like, think Kanye West, Miley Cyrus, Justin Bieber. Everyone's like, this is it, this is art. And, like, Kanye West saying things like, you know, I'm a musical genius. Yeah. Um, and, I mean, he said he's the Elvis Presley of his generation. Justin Bieber said he's the Kurt Cobain of his generation. And what fucking freaks me out is, I'm not sure they're wrong. No, I think that they're absolutely right. Which is, but that, and that doesn't speak highly of them. It speaks, I'm using the movie, yeah. it speaks from Adam and Eve's perspective and Jim Jarmusch's perspective, maybe. It speaks lowly of this particular batch of humanity that's happening right now mm-hmm. now this is all metaphorical because oh, in, in the film the blood is legit is legitimately bad and poisons them i'm talking about what i think the blood's met the metaphor of the blood is talking about so they have cr- they've they now have a lower grade of blood think party drugs no books dance music etc so like rather than like because what, what do we see the vampires drink their like thim- like two ounces of blood out of it's a cordial glass actually. yeah cordial glass so they're drinking so they go they go to these highly specialized places and pay exorbitant sums for little capsules of what they call the good stuff mm-hmm. then they take it home and they pour it into a um in, like a into a, a, a cordial yeah. glass and they drink it and luxuriate in it but there's always a finite supply of the good stuff I think what we're seeing there, you could see, you could do the same thing where Adam goes to a record store and pays an exorbitant sum for an old, like uh, an old um, uh, shellac record, right? Of which there are only three, right? <laughs> made in like 1891, right? Mm-hmm. He goes home and spins it once and absorbs it, but now he's done. That's all. That's what he's got. That's what he's got. Or Eve goes to, or Christopher Marlowe goes to the good French doctor and buys, spends an exorbitant sum and gets a small book of philosophy by an unknown philosopher and reads it and savors it. But now he's read it and savored it. And what does he do next? He spends an exorbitant sum on other, and obs- other things. Obscure, fine, rarefied. Yes. So. But the th- and the thing about this analogy is they're not taking in anything new. They're always looking backwards. The old things. Yes. Yeah, they're these are the fine old mm-hmm. things. Which there's nothing wrong. I think you should absor- you should absorb culture in both directions. Like read, I agree completely. Read Shakespeare absolutely, but you know, like read Stephen King now. Read. I just got two John Grisham novels. I'm reading all. Uh, Elmore Leonard is dead now, so right. <laughs> he's not putting out anything <laughs> new. But you know, like read the new stuff too. But what I wrote after that is, but cut off from the world, the artists have withered and fade, faded. And when the, that would be the, the vampires. Yes. So without, now they're actually, again, this is not the actual facts of the movie. This is what I think the metaphor is. They're dying off. Adam says at one point when she finds the gun, she's like, tell me you're having trouble with one of the other ones. And he says, I haven't seen another one. Yeah. 
you get the you sense know. that there's only a handful of them I, left anymore. Well, he says, I've, I never see any of the, any other ones. Never. Never. Yeah. So if these people are the like true, the cultured intelligentsia or the like truly inspired artists or the, to go back to that word, dilettante, the true dilettantes, mm-hmm. the absorbers of culture, they're a dying breed nowadays. And part of what has made them a dying breed, according to how I read this metaphor, is that they're not, we don't read them as snobby. We read them as something to aspire to. No, we don't. And that's the the beautiful thing about it, because they're kind of snobby. If you think about it. Yeah, they're the... They are the definition of a fucking art snob, but they are not snobby. Well, the my metaphor in my metaphor they're snobby, but in the actual film, oh, they're not. Yeah, in the actual film, yeah. Eve reads everything. She sees the beauty in like electrical wires and broken down buildings, and Adam is taking in like obscure music from I mean, Tangier. And probably, you get the sense that he will spin Hank Williams one minute. And then he'll spend some really weird shit the next. Right, like right. And then Chamber, and then he'll listen to he he says even he specifically says that William Laws writes some of the most beautiful funeral funeral um uh, like funerary music of all time. Mm-hmm. So in the film, in the actual film proper, I think Jarmish is pointing to what he thinks should be the way, which is omnivorous consumption and production of art, like that dilettante approach to mm-hmm. absorbing culture and art but then with the that double layer with the metaphor of what i think the blood stands for i think he's also warning you that if you just take in all of this culture and then sit in your high tower and don't spread it around or engage with the world around you well not just that but the world around you suffers for it too yeah okay so you know like if i have hundreds and hundreds of lines of milton and shakespeare in my head and i've been listening matter yeah, if it's just me up in my high tower with my lines of Milton, did I change anybody's life? Did I show anybody else Milton? That's why I like. No, just congratulations on your on my uh, memory. Your yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but um, I think I think it's it, this movie is sort of about the balance. Yeah. Because yeah, like they are what you and I and lots and lots of artistic people aspire to, which is like to be well read. Yeah. But in well, because it informs your art. Right. And Which is what you're speaking to. It's like absorbing it, but then filter that through your own soul and then put something out there. It's kind of like what you and I are doing right now, which is we could have just watched this movie and then been like from from time to time, just been like, oh, you've never seen Only Lovers Left Alive. Oh, uh-huh. well, hmm. It's Jim Jarmusch. It's not for everybody. But right. instead, we're sitting down and we're conversing about it and we're picking it apart and we're luxuriating and loving and debating and yep. putting it out for the rest of the world to hear. Yeah. So... Because I know, I'm sure you do too, but I know lots of people who will say things like, you know, like, what's your favorite book? Oh, Paradise Lost. Paradise Lost is nobody's favorite book. That's just, <laughs> it's, it's an amazing. That's horse shit. It's an amazing, <laughs> it's, it's an amazingly beautiful text. But if that's your favorite book, you need to seriously like look into your brain and rethink your soul life. soul searching actually. Yeah. Have you ever read The Shining? Here, give that a read. Yeah. This is me. way <laughs> easier than that other thing you were reading. What the fuck, dude? Or, you know, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, you know people who will be like, oh, I've, I've read everything Milton ever wrote. But they don't, say, they don't say that because Milton changed their life and they want to, like, share Milton with you. They do it because they want you to know how fucking smart they are. No, that's exactly what it is. And now you got me thinking what my favorite book is. It's either 2010. A book called 2010? Yeah, Arthur C. Clarke Clark wrote the, like, 2001, 2010, 2064. Oh, did he write those? I just yeah. bought 2001 A Space Odyssey yeah, the yeah, other day. Yeah, yeah, it's fantastic. But I think 2010... It's probably my favorite, like science fiction. I love Arthur C. Clarke. I don't know if I have a fa- if I have a favorite book. It's American Gods. Oh my god, that is so fucking good. It's a killer book. I like anything Terry Pratchett too. Yeah, like, it changes all the time. Mm-hmm. Last one I read by him was uh, Monstrous Regiment. Oh my it's god, so funny. And hit the rip His Discworld books. Rip right. Terry Pratchett. Like, yeah. Jesus, man. Anyway, yeah, uh, there's a bookstore right now. Uh, yeah, I'll just give it to everybody because by the time this goes up, you'll probably have already gone and bought them. That bookstore down at the. Um, Traverse City State Hospital, that mm-hmm. one that sells and repairs typewriters too. Oh yeah, they have three first edition Terry Pratchett's right now Shit. on sale and hardback. Uh, I know I didn't have any. Uh, I was I didn't have the money for them when I saw them, and I was like, some this better go to a good be, home. Yeah, yeah. 
but yeah, like there, there it's, you go. It's like you like, but that there's four there's authors four, that are yeah. <laughs> that are better favorite books than John Milton's Paradise Lost. Right. You know, like, I would even say you could you, like a uh, 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 Stranger in a Strange Land is actually pretty good. The the uh, Robert Heinlein, no, what Robert, uh, no, shit. not Robert Heinlein. You, you're so you're talking mostly sci-fi authors. Yo, right yeah, now. I mean that's my jam, dude. Like some really good science fiction covers a lot of ground man have you seen my old science, yeah. my asimov yeah. science yeah. fiction collection Fucking amazing i've got i don't know if they're down here but i have um uh edgar rice burroughs the guy who wrote tarzan also wrote the john carter of mars series mm-hmm. i have the original um u.s hardbacks with the frank frazetta oh watercolor painted covers on so them amazing. i got them it's all from my dad's old collection yeah. but like that is a good example of what this movie is for me which is I'm going to say it. This might be controversial. No, go Edgar Rice Burroughs is not necessarily a good writer. His writing is extremely purple, very purple prosy. There's lots of like heaving bosoms and scant outfits. It's, yes. it's that like high adventure kind of like panting, like, and his muscles rippled as he tore asunder the beast before him. It's like pulp, that type yeah. of stuff. But at the same time, there's enormous pleasure in that Mm -hmm. now there's an enormous pleasure in paradise lost discovering milton's acrostic satan the first time that lucifer in the garden sees eve and we literally see that the first the five lines in a row spell out the word satan as he's first talking to eve and we'd see the birth from we see the transition from lucifer to devil using an acrostic that's genius but there's also a beauty in seeing Frank Frazetta's voluptuously curved women on the cover yeah, right. and muscle-bound <laughs> men heaving swords overhead. Yeah. It's that broadness of, of artistic experience. And when you, to get back to my metaphor, when you yeah. cloister yourself away, only ever taking rarefied sips of the good stuff... Eventually, you run out of the good, the good stuff. stuff. And now, let's jump to the end I was really going to say, when that brings us to the end. Because when you run out of oh, the good first, stuff... I'm so very 15th century. What is that she says? That's how terribly 15th, 15th century. century. <laughs> when they have to go... Basically, they're... They're dying. They're I mean, dying. They're on their last... They're dying in Tangier. They've just drained their last pewter. It's a pewter flask that has the last of the good stuff. Now, keep this metaphor in mind as we go through the scene where the good stuff represents the rarefied pinnacle of art. I'm talking Shakespeare, Milton, Bach, like the the widely regarded peak of art. When you run out of that, you have two choices. Adam and Eve are dying because they don't they've run out of the good stuff and Adam is sitting there and he's picks I think this is important too he's picks at his lyre and he does like a few bars of music and then stops because without without art to feed his art he can't he can't play. create he art can't he has play. nothing feeding what he's producing anymore and he goes silent and he they they sit there and they see so like what do we do now like the sun is going to be up soon they're fucking dead yep and then these two lovers, I think this is also important. These oh, it's two, very important. Yeah. These two <laughs> young virile lovers. young lovers passionately making out like you preludes to sex. It's a beautiful like way they're making out too. It's not like it it's is. Like, it's it's like, not like lascivious. They're in love and they're like, oh, they're alive. Yes. They're alive in all of the ways that Adam and Eve, even after this long journey we've taken through them in this moment, they're sitting listless. They're drained. They have nothing else to to drink they have no more to take in keeping the metaphor in mind Mm -hmm. and they see these two young people who are alive and they know there's a chance that the blood will be bad that there will be poisoned blood or bad blood but there will be blood but there will be blood and they decide this is what we have to do they they basically they look up and they look hungrily at it and you realize that Part of what they've, part of the reason they've been keeping away from humans and keeping away from human blood is fear. Fear that they're going to get something less than perfection. Right. And they look at them and Adam says, all right, but I get the girl. Yeah. And they head over and uh, Eve says, excusez-moi. And they look up and then we see fangs and we cut to black. Yeah. Which that last shot with them is opening amazing. the mouth is so fucking I don't know, the way that it's shot it's got the light is this yellowness to it like the street light yeah, sort yeah, of yeah. 
the the glisten in the, their eyes, yeah. but seeing that one flash of fangs and then cutting to black with no resolution is such a fucking genius I, way. I and was I started I was just started clapping. I'm like fuck. It's you can't you can't get yeah. better, man. I'm <laughs> like, like poured I'm, like again. a triple Jameson. <laughs> <laughs> I have a crit. My Danielle got me a crystal stormtrooper. Uh, <laughs> So that's why I have my my whiskey in. Just and drinking out like, of your stormtrooper. Just drooper. drinking it out of my stormtrooper helmet. Like. Just wishing that you were reading old oh, novels I was in so, French. I was so happy, but so fucking depressed at the same time. I'm just like, really? Yeah. How did you see the end? Did you see that as them, they're going to drink bad blood and die? No, I saw that as them, they're going to be reborn and then brought into fully into the modern era. With all of their knowledge and and all of their art that they can then share, they're taking that step that they were afraid of, yeah. and I think that their their vampire bodies will attune to the new bad blood. They will find a way. Well, They've lived thousands of years through probably other bad blood as well. They were happy with the, the the moment in time that they carved out for themselves, and finally have to take that jump into the future. Well, that's how it's going to be painful. It's gonna it's gonna hurt. It's gonna suck. But they're going to bring themselves into the in, into the modern. That's a lot how I read it too. But what I I thought of, especially given they're his, going to be alive truly again. Yeah. Well, and they're going to re not reintegrate, but re-engage. Yes. With society, I thought maybe siring new vampires too. Like my brain. We're just gonna whole, turn them right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, how sentimental. Of how you. sentimental of you. Yeah. Um, but there was a, I think I, I went back to how Adam loves scientists and loves biology, knows the exact percentage of water that humans are, the planet. Yep. I think Jarmish gives us a small but important warning about the water wars. It's one of yep. the last lines is, have the water wars started yet or are they still on oil? That, Amazing. It's so fucking incredible. This little movie about vampires and just right there, right there. They like look at look at your folly, yeah. humans. It's so insane. But what makes children sick is not exposure to viruses, but being protected mm-hmm. from bacteria and viruses so completely that they have no immunity to them. Exactly. It's the same type of thing with Again, staying with the art metaphor, the only ever taking in the intensely rarefied fine art, which is when you're exposed to things outside that comfort zone or that that oeuvre of art, that 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 particular rarefied zeitgeist, you're like, what is this? Because it's so far out, you're you're outside of your experience that you can't even it's deal with it. It's completely foreign. Right. You can't even deal. It would be like if I, rather than pointing people towards like Squirrel EP Volume 1 or the Only Lovers Left Alive soundtrack, um, you can even hear it. Like if you want to get really light into feedback, Jimi Hendrix used it all the time. Oh, yeah. Okay. Jimi Hendrix and Nirvana. And uh, yeah, like those are those guys used feedback a ton, but not to the extent that you're going to hear in like Only Lovers Left Alive. It's more like rock with some feedback thrown in. It would be like if I was like, yeah, you should listen to metal machine music. I'll spin some metal machine music for you when we're done here. And it's like it's literally just five guitars feeding back layered over each other for like an hour. I'd be like, there, there, what do you guys there, think? Yeah. Like, you can get to a place, and I, ha- I have, obviously, I have yeah. three copies of the fucking record, but where you get to a place and you hear that, and there's something in it that's beautiful, where mm-hmm. you're like, you can, you start picking out distinct guitars, because it's a hard left-right pan. You can pick out certain sounds, and it's like listening to classical, where you can hear a run, yeah. and repeating run, and like, but that's hard. And if you haven't, if you have no immunity built up to that, or like no taste i guess yeah, yeah. to use the blood metaphor no taste for it or no no defenses against sometimes the harshness of it you're fucked yeah you're yeah. drowning in it yep. you know so <laughs> there's nothing pleasurable about the experience if you haven't right if you haven't if you haven't worked into, worked it. into it so yeah. i think that's it's important that marlo died from exposure to bad blood but he's the oldest vampire yeah that we've seen anyway he's the oldest vampire he exists in a small 
it's they uh, the other two have rooms and they go out into the city. Marlo pretty much stays in a very small hovel, still writes by hand in fountain pen. You get the sense that he's still doing his William Shakespeare thing yeah. and has been. He's in a rut. He's not taking in anything other than this fine rarefied. And because he's so old and so set in his ways, a, he that can't drop of quote unquote bad blood or that blood which is less than perfect or that art there yeah. which is less than the perf- enough to kill him right yeah. but we get we also get the sense that with eve and adam's sort of that omnif that omnivorous they're still they still go out to the nightclub yes and take in white hills and you know ava we see that you can survive blood poisoning ava drinks ian and she just feels sick oh, she was like oh you drink ian you know yeah you feel sick you drink bad blood. yeah he's right. in the music industry yeah, he's in the music <laughs> you know, I love that. that's a great line <laughs> but like we we can see that vampires can survive yeah, and when he she was his marlo was just too old she drinks, it's like if an old person gets the the flu they they're die. much more likely to and i think part of it is not just the age but the he has never before this, drink right like he's blood. drinking the good the and she says the very best stuff and he says it's from a french doctor now i think that's kind of a wink and a nod because all of jim jarmusch's favorite independent art house films are all french directors black and white from the 20s but anyway uh, he likes the japanese directors quite a bit too but the very best stuff is like this ultra purified blood when we we adam the adam only thing he's been drinking yeah ever and adam has the good stuff it's like this detroit blood bank and he says avoid the hospital in tangier which is i think a way to take away any chance that they would be able to re re get their supply like their supply but what we see is that the youngest vampire who's most in tune with who's most in tune with the the now the modern era because she's only like what 200 years old mm-hmm. or something like that she's got some bad heartburn from it that's about yeah it. she's like oh, i feel sick because she gorged for starters right we can talk about how ava drinks blood differently than they do as well but um she gorged so she's pro- might be sick because she drank too much yeah, she she's got like a hangover cow, not just a steak exactly right? and also ian you know, but but she's able to she's able to live not only live through it but be fine when she's trotting down the street. Oh yeah, it's barely. Like, oh, fuck you guys. It's like a hangover. Yeah, yeah. So she's able to drink something less than perfect because she's built a tolerance up to it, and yeah. we get the sense that there's a chance that Adam and Eve can reengage and reintegrate because they're at least still part of the world. They've cloistered themselves off, but they're still open to. Right. The world. Right. So I think that that's Jarmish's. Marlo has been ra- wearing the same suit for. He's wearing like, a waistcoat. For, that's waistcoat from a thousand, like, years thousand years old or years something old. like that. Yeah. It's, my, it's my very favorite garment. He's utterly stuck in his ways. Yep. I think it goes Marlo, Adam, Eve, because Adam's wired up his like weird TV mm-hmm. tube system webcam, but Eve uses a smartphone. Yep. And then we see Ava, and Ava's like, oh, she's she's basically us. Yeah. She is us, but the vampire version. And I think that this movie is a way for Jarmish to sort of tell us, like, yeah, you can you can get the good stuff, like right. drink that rarefied sip, but then maybe go drink an Ian, yeah, or go and find some lovers in the moonlight or yeah. whatever, you know, like. Yeah. There's a, it's not go from, you know, like <laughs> go from um, Adagio for strings to Kanye West. No. It's like go Adagio for strings. Check out Yasmin Hamadan. Check out some garage band. And maybe it's shitty and maybe you're like, oh, fuck, I wasted like 20 minutes on that fucking album. some Wolfpack. It's fun. Yeah. Yeah. And if, if you run into some quote, some bad blood, you know, now you're a little inundated and your mm-hmm. tastes have become a little more refined, but you've got it in your, you've got it in your back pocket now. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I've listened to them. They're not for me, but, or whatever. But and, I've listened to them. And the right. more you listen to, the more tolerance you have for a variety of stuff. Like I used to, growing up, it's the thing, which is like fucking hate country. Right. right. Listen like, to some good country though. Yeah. All through Like, I'm not saying like, go spin some Garth Brooks. That's some bad blood you got right there. <laughs> but like... <laughs> But I've, you know, like people, people all the time, they're like, I fucking hate country. I'm like, you like Johnny Cash? I love Johnny Cash. That's country. That's country. Go listen to, go listen to old Willie Nelson or Waylon Jennings or Hank Williams Mm -hmm. or Hank three. If you don't like, if you don't like Hank Williams, the third, listen to Hank three. That guy's interesting as fuck, dude. He's got a country career and a punk career. That's so fucking Same guy. Yeah. But I'm like, you know, you can. 
go listen to you want to listen to some weird country i got some music you guys can go and check out go listen to blood on the saddle nine pound hammer and the cowmen those are all cowpunk bands that's like it's western music with like now i know what i'm doing with the rest of my fucking day. a dude i can blood on the saddle Blood on the saddle they're Fuck great me they're great man i mean there's uh there was one song that bird and i were listening to on repeat for like a week and it was driving her absolutely insane which was so you were listening to i was listening was to it and she was it, right? suffering through it <laughs> Which is, uh, I can't remember, it's by the Drive-By Truckers, and it's called Xanax. And it's oh fucking God. killer. You it's, were telling me about that. It's song. so fun, man. I learned how to play it, like, the second day. I was like, <laughs> I gotta play along with this song when I spin it. But people who say they don't like country haven't really looked at much country. Yeah, they've heard a couple of songs like, that's not for me. Or they turned on the radio. Right. I hate to say this, but if you want to listen to good music, stay as far away from your radio as you can because all they play is top 40 hits. And uh, I hate to say it, but the taste, I hate to say it again, but the tastes of the masses right now are leaning towards, you know, like Shit. Brad Paisley. I like Brad Paisley as a guitar player. And he grew up, he learned how to play guitar by playing along to like Megadeth and Metallica. Hell yeah. Yeah. But so and he brought a little bit of that to his country. But man, if you, if you want to listen to good country, don't listen to modern Nashville stuff. Sure as shit, don't do that. You want to listen to good modern country? Check out the shit Jack White's doing right now. Jack White loves country. And he loves country country. Not right. like, my truck and my dog. America. <laughs> 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 right, you don't. It's the land where I was born. Right. America. <laughs> I don't know where I left my corn. <laughs> <laughs> you don't want that. Anything that's like, you know, like, I'm dipped and dyed in red, white, and blue. I got a flag on my face and on my truck and another flag and a flag flag. You know, like any, yep. of, any of that any stuff of that that's stuff, raw-rawing yeah. you. Like, be wary. <laughs> be wary. Um, oh, shit. All right. Do I have anything else? Do I have? Um, um, oh, I wanted. To, yeah, Ava. I want to talk about Ava and how she drinks. She. Okay. Yeah. Everyone. All the other vampires are rarefied, like high art, fine vampires. Did you know? Including Marlo, who's a touch stuffy, and Eva or an Eve and Adam, who are how do you get Adam and Eve wrong? Jesus. <laughs> Eve and Adam, who are are sort of like dilettante, yet still sort of cloistered. In the metaphor, I like that in the metaphor, they come off as snobby because they're only taking in small amounts of art. But right. in the film, they're, they're represented as ideal and in a beautiful way. Mm -hmm. um, it's it's crazy. In the same film, on the surface and in the metaphor, he can give you something to aspire for and warn you against, against something, something as well. It's gorgeous. Well, it's the same thing as you don't have enough time for everything, but also make sure you take your time. Right. Yeah, if you just burn through everything, yeah. you don't absorb anything. Yeah. But the way that they all drink is one drink they savor and they luxuriate and mm -hmm. they lay on their couch with their... I, I get the sense in the beginning of the movie that they've just fed. Yeah. And, you know, like you hold your instrument and you just lay there and you just feel the wood and you love like, oh, the strings, that brass. And you luxuriate in it. The way Ava drinks is she shoots she it down. She fucked it. She, well, she literally she shoots that blood that they yep. give her, and she like falls back, comes right back up, and she's like, "God, it's good. Can I have more?" Yeah. And you're like, "Um, hold on, hold on. Wasn't that good? What you just tasted? Yeah, but give me another shot of that. Damn, you know, like yeah. she's she has that she has a flask. She's like tainted this ritualistic drink. She has a flask, a of, the flask of the good stuff, and she's like, blam, and Adam turns it down." But Eve, who I think is a step between Adam and Ava, she does drink. She out does of drink it. out of it, and mm -hmm. she gets Adam to drink out of it. So I think with Eve's guidance, he can come along. He can come along. Yeah. But like watching Ava basically binge drink the good stuff, it's like fuck. Restaurant industry it's talk. Like you're sorry. ruining like. Well, you you worked. You have also have restaurant history. Yes, yes. It's the people who order the 21 year scotch and shoot it. Yeah. You're like, fuck. what mm. are you doing? I had, uh, so not to, but I had um, the fine dining seafood restaurant I worked out in, in Baltimore. I had a table that ordered a bottle of Dom. Okay. And they made uh, mimosas out of it. Fuck you to death. And then God I had another damn. person that ordered two ounces of Louis the Thirteenth at $155 an ounce. Right. And then ordered a Diet Coke. I'm like, don't you dare. Dumped it in his fucking You're shitting diet. me. Don't, I'm not, $300 worth of Louis the Thirteenth. 
in a Diet Coke. Not even a regular Coke. Well, Louis in the 13, a Diet Coke. To be fair, Louis it's the 13th a little bit is, like it's overpriced what? because what? Now each bottle contains like a quarter it's of a an micron. eighth it's, of a it's drop of the it's, original. Yeah, it's but. so fucking ridiculous. It's such a uh, whatever. But like Dom Perignon is like a legitimate bottle. Yeah. And well, that's and also a mimosa out of it. But that's what she's doing. She's <laughs> making a mimosa out of Dom, or she's, exactly. Yeah. And you know, we could even to keep it in that in the the realm of drinking, which I think is fairly fairly apt when because they are drinking it out of the out of the cordial glass mm-hmm. and you take cordial in really small doses like you drink port yeah you don't you don't, you get don't a drink glass a glass of, of port. port no you get it's a taste it's to get it on your tongue and to get that in your mm-hmm. m- that taste in your mouth it's like drinking it's like noting the minerality of like a cotillon rather than like Oh man, that was a great glass. Can I get? We're just getting more. Like, just pouring glasses yep. and drinking and smashing it down. Like it's 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 savoring and but at the same time, I think <laughs> I think like uh, the my the bartender's last day at the last restaurant I worked at before this one, we had a bottle of Johnny Walker Blue Label, and there was a little bit of it left, and he was leaving, so he was just pouring anything. He's like, "Who wants a drink? Fuck it, I'll pour anything." And I was like, "Can I have the?" that blue? Johnny blue. And he's like, yeah, you finished that bottle. And he poured me the Johnny blue and I drank it and took my time. But Johnny blue is the notorious like businessman lawyer scotch yeah. where you get a big group of dudes in with ties who are too loud and they order like, yeah, we're going to get a bottle of blue. Can we get a bunch of shots of blue over here? And yeah. you, you pour the Johnny blue and they all shoot it. Now, in my personal opinion, which will sound snobby, I think Johnny Blue is way overrated and you're mostly paying for its reputation at this point. Yeah, you are, but for blended scotch, it is one of the best, though. I go Johnny Walker Green. If you're going to drink bl- mm. a blended a blended yeah, scotch, green is- go green. If you want to go really crazy, get the, uh, the Pete Monster Reserve by Compass Box. That is a fucking hell of a blended scotch. But anyway. that is neither here nor there. But yeah, like... That's an expensive ass bottle and it's a really good scotch and I've never seen people abuse a liquor more than Johnny Walker Blue. Yeah. Can I get a can I get a, a blue uh, blue Manhattan or whatever like not a, maybe a Rob Roy. But like you know like can I get a uh, you, like you don't order a rusty nail with Johnny Blue. Right. You don't order a fucking Rob Roy with In Johnny Baltimore, Blue. In Baltimore people do shots of Grand Marnier. Like that's kind of weird. Kind of weird, right? I used to I used to know a bartender who drank um, Marnier Grand Marnier warmed over steaming water to mm-hmm. warm it up a little bit in the wintertime. Is all he drank was Grand Marnier with a little bit of orange, not twisted. He would just zest just over zest, it yeah. and then not even like fucking throw the rest of it away, but just that little bit of zest in there. It's good, man. It was good, but like that's that's the thing. You run into people who have who will just indiscriminately binge anything yeah rather than take a little time with it and to some extent is their prerogative like yeah. you know it's who, it's am I to, who, who am i to say that, that that table couldn't make a make a mimosa out of dom perignon like whatever if that's you, you want a 300 dollars like yeah it's it's cognac and my and, tip just and, went up yeah. yeah no shit it's like <laughs> okay you want to drink chateauneuf de pop right out of the bottle okay oh, fair enough or out of a coffee cup which is how i do it like <laughs> fucking fantastic have at it <laughs> well sometimes you know when you've you know you're at work and you need yourself a cup of coffee uh-huh. a cup of coffee cup of wink wink, wink coffee. coffee right exactly just alcohol like eats through paper so you actually have to, like a paper cup right you don't have a, a very no. small amount of time to actually drink it coffee cup that bad jansen <laughs> <laughs> but that is how she she indulges yeah. yeah, she she takes great swaths of it, and you get the sense that she—I mean, she enjoys it. Man, that's good. But you, she's not. She's not appreciating it in any sort of right. Way. And I, so I think that you know, like, it's that this—the good stuff is good for everyone. Mm-hmm. But if you just take a little more time with it, you'll get so much more out of it, and also you'll have a, more of a reserve. Yeah, you can enjoy it longer if you blow through the good stuff. If you binge read mm-hmm. all of William Shakespeare, guess what happens? You, you don't took, have any more you Shakespeare. You took an entire pound of cocaine at once. Right. <laughs> I don't know if cocaine is <laughs> is the analogy that I want to go with not. here. Sorry. Um, to, keep, to, to extend what I think are some interesting metaphors in here that have to do with like consumption of things, the Amanita muscaria, the mushrooms. Do you want to go back to that? Oh, yeah, because that was a very interesting moment that only lasted... It's a for flash. Just, yeah, it's, it's a like flash. A less than a minute. And she's like, "Oh, time. what are you all doing here?" 
Yeah, she goes, um, Adam, have you noticed these? And he goes, yes. And it's the, the fly agaric, the Amanita muscaria, which is, a, I think this is really important too because it is an extremely poisonous mushroom. Mm-hmm. It will kill you. It is lethally poisonous. But in very small doses or brewed into tea in very small doses, it's also the most potent psychedelic mushroom on the face of the earth. It's the most powerful psilocybin mushroom that exists i think it's psilocybin there's another compound in some mushrooms that is psychoactive but it's an extremely powerful psychedelic it'll take you this is like like vision quest mushroom or like like um oh shit um you drink peyote not peyote it's the other one that you drink ayahuasca it's not to that degree but as far as mushrooms go this is the pinnacle this is like the go and see god your life will never be the same mushroom wow so but it's also i think it's also important that it will kill you and it wasn't supposed to be there no it's it's out of season and mm-hmm. it's not in the right spot either but it's uh I, I there's a reason for that but i think the the important thing is if in taken in small doses it will can open your mind open and- your mind and create it'll illuminate you mm-hmm. it can open new avenues it will change your life in the way you think it can reveal things but if, if you, you take gorge. too much of it you die yeah so I think that mushroom is a very apt choice. I also think that he says it must be picking something up off my generator. Because remember, his generator operates by picking things up from outer space yes. and converting, uh, basically like waves. It's Wi-Fi waves. in a way. Yeah. Reverse, reverse Wi-Fi. Wi- yeah. It's picking up signals and converting. And converting into energy. Right. Okay. Which is a, an, a Tesla idea. Which yes, is it is. And get, actually, it's a, it's a proven and working theory. Right. And uh, I, I heard somewhere that... Along with all of Tesla's uh, stuff, there's somebody figured a couple of people have figured out how now to make generators that run on water. Yep. But the government buys the patents and then yep. keeps them locked away. But I think that this Amanita muscaria, which is tied to his generator, these mushrooms that are associated with knowledge, invention, and innovation, are in that that this mushroom and this innovation are tied together mm-hmm. that opening your mind to those experiences i think in some ways uh jim jarmusch has famously said a couple time uh, in a couple different interviews that he tolerates no drug use or alcohol use at all when he's when they're working when the cameras are rolling when they're on set no one is allowed to be altered at all but outside of that he he'll occasionally smoke weed he'll do mushrooms he's very like okay with people wanting to do their experiences some people have said that he's like anti-drug but if you read his interviews it's just like i don't want you fucked up while i'm making right while we're working (laughs) while we're working yeah when we're not working yeah but when he's not working he's he talks about like the therapeutic properties and the creative properties of like mushrooms and Mm -hmm. weed and things like that so i think this is his and other creators that i really admire grant morrison in particular um have talked about you know, like the use of, and Joe Rogan famously, using psychedelics to expand your horizons and open your mind and change the way that you think. And it's, again, even if that's not your thing, it's an experience. And it's an experience to be had and relished and held and used to inform other experiences. And I think that what he's pointing to is that that experience has historically been and could potentially still be tied to a new way of thinking you know like don't get stuck in your rut occasionally like have something blow your mind even if it's not right. mushrooms even if it's a new noise rock album on vinyl yeah, or yeah. like a jim jarmusch <laughs> yep. movie you know it doesn't matter what the thing is if it opens up your mind and broadens your horizons i mean i'm i'm all for that you know i've never done mushrooms i'm terrified of them you know uh, i'm also terrified of them because i mean i feel like ooh, what if like i haven't hit my creative because i'm trying to write this piece and i've probably been trying to write it forever and it shorts you out or something and it shorts me i'm like mm, what but what if i try like if i had like hey, if that would help but I, I don't know it's like a weird i have because i find that that could be a very dangerous rabbit hole i can only write when i'm fucked up like yeah i don't think I don't that'll know. happen especially with mushrooms i know i know a lot of people say they like i've heard that people like to write on mushrooms right yeah yeah but a lot of it's like the writing it's not like i'm gonna go do a creative project it's more like this is what i'm experiencing these are insights that i'm having right. and then when they're done they can utilize it all in their creative process like i'm a i'm a fairly big fan of weed i've talked about it on Mm -hmm. a bunch of shows but i'm i'm aware of myself enough to know that i am utterly unproductive when i smoke yeah so if i smoke weed i'm 
That's it. That's game over. I'm going to lay here. I'm going to think music is amazing. Colors are going to be great. Food's going to taste amazing. I'm going to have weird thoughts. But while I'm high, I can't do a goddamn thing. No, you're done. Toast. I know Forget that. I'm are, the same way. Yeah. There are people who can. I've known a lot of people who have like written shit or recorded music high. They're recording like and just com- completely blazing the entire time. Like, How are you even fucking... Could never do that. Me, personally, nope. I, I know me. That's not me. Yeah. <laughs> me is like... that's. If I'm, I'm terrified to go get coffee somewhere if I'm high. Right. Like, fucking at forget the end, about it oh yeah at the end of a long day if i'm like just chilling the other thing is like i, I hate smoking with people because when i'm high i don't want to talk no neither do i yeah. it's just and i don't the i have one i had one friend in uh marquette who i smoked with a couple times and he was awesome because he didn't like to talk either so you both just shut the fuck yeah, up yeah you just sit quietly and he would like go on spotify and grab a new album and be like have you ever heard these guys i'm like no and he'd be like boop and then we just listen to music quietly love it like occasionally speaking but not like, if you try and hold a conversation i'm like you get in that thing where you're like all right he said this now i'm gonna say what did i say horrible horrible but yeah i mean well it's, i i know we're both terrified of mushrooms but yeah. uh speaking statistically speaking they're the safest drug that you can do Isn't that even weird? more so than we, i know they're yeah. terrifying but at the same time it's like no you're fine no, everyone, you're fine. everyone fine. Fine. no one's ever died on a mushroom ever <laughs> ever and also less, you might have to shit or something less or, hospital and that might yeah. terrify you which is yeah. like what's going on my i i had a party one time got some LSD somehow I was like been it was a night of drinking and like I smoked a little weed and I was like it was really bad I was like too far too far gone and then all of a sudden I was like chewing this thing and I'm like what was that and someone was like this LSD I'm like oh, was, oh shit shouldn't have done that, shouldn't done was, that. <laughs> but you're just so far you're like I'm fine I got this all I really remember is like crazy colors and laughing my ass off and yeah. a cop and then thinking someone was dead so yeah that was a but I was I was I'm kind of grateful that I was almost blacked out drunk because, because you would have yeah yeah had i been you fully to, you present, got to miss some of it i did i missed the stuff that probably would have scared the shit out of my <laughs> eyes in the corner yeah. and, uh, <laughs> just banging my head, banging head <laughs> just like begging for unconsciousness but no yeah so i'm not sure how we got that far down oh, that i don't hole. even know but yeah i i really liked the uh was the, the mushrooms right the, right yeah. the, i liked the the twist of in small doses change your life too much too much and you it kills die. you yep um bum, 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 bum. oh i i wrote down i didn't think i don't think it's an accident that when ava binges she destroys his gibson and most of his vinyl collection right she represents to me this like new wave of musician or whatever and when she gets she basically like just stomps all over this tradition Everything. and craftsmanship and beauty. She not only interrupts their world, she interrupts our world. Cause you get so for me anyways, I got so comfortable with sort of living with Adam and Eve because you're, you're there experiencing their culture. And as soon as they mention her, I'm like, please don't do this. Please right. don't do this. Right. And then she shows up. And I was like, fuck, fuck you. <laughs> And then, then but they wake in, up. As soon as they, as soon as they wake up, and Eve couldn't find her, I was like, "Fuck no, fuck you, fuck no." And then Ian's there. I'm like, "God damn it, yeah. God damn it!" Oh, and not only did you kill Ian, you broke his guitars the and guitar, trashed his fucking record when collection. When she breaks the Gibson, that like breaks my heart. I was like, "Son of a bitch!" And I was, I was not. I was not a happy. That person. was mostly the first time I saw it. It broke my heart, but now on further watchings, every time that I still am sad at seeing that Gibson and all that vinyl broken. Yeah, but I I focus more now on Eve and her ability to somehow still see the beauty of it. Yeah, like oh, it's so great. I was just looking up the text that I sent you as like as upon finishing this, I was like Jim dot fucking dot Jarmish dot. <laughs> I'm just like thanking you like a thousand times for introducing me to I know I'm to I, this movie in particular. I'm so glad that oh. that I was able that just by picking because when we sat we, we would pick these fairly randomly when we were still working in, a, in the same restaurant in a bar. Yeah, yeah, we're just sitting in a bar like near closing time, and we were like, oh, we could do a month of who's a good at Robin Williams. We'll do four Robin Williams yeah. movies, and it's like, what if we did uh, oh a whole month of Nicolas Cage? Right, and like, like oh we, yeah March Madness movies about crazy people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like we did we were doing that and i remember we were like birthday month we'll just pick our flicks and i was like at the time 
I was not even watching his movies. I've before this I had seen Coffee before we picked our movies. I'd seen Coffee and Cigarettes, Only Lovers Left Alive, and I'd seen part of the beginning part of Night on Earth mm-hmm. before my internet connection gave out and I lost the flick. But uh, and now I own it. Thank God. Yes. But um, yeah. So I was like, who who are some? Because I wanted some. A lot of our movies were more at that point mainstream. mainstream so I was like, I want sure. some. I want some weirdos. So like, who are my uh, some auteur directors? And I was like, David Lynch and uh, oh, Only Lovers Left Alive. I was like, oh my God, I love that movie. Jim Jarmusch. That's that's literally. And now I'm like, if I don't own every Jim Jarmusch movie, bef- you know, by yep. the end of the year, I must own them all. My Amazon cart has the the Jim Jarmusch Blu-ray collection in it. It's like $118. I'm like, mm, as soon as I save up some pennies, probably, I'm like, buy it now. Probably worth it, yeah. though. God damn. Yeah. He's uh, he's one of those directors. And, you know, the, I was I keep thinking, when we watched um, Night on Earth and did this episode, I was or did that episode, I was like, I think we talked about it. I was like, fuck Blue Velvet. We'll just watch Only Lovers Left right. Alive just to keep, like, doing it, doing it, keep the Jim Jarmusch train going. And then when I finished this one, my first thought was like, we'll just do we'll do it for Patreon. We'll just, do, like, keep hammering through Jim Jarmusch movies. And then I was like, but that this movie kind of warns against that. Yeah, it does. I want to enjoy them. I want to take, I want to have them. Yeah. Like, and then watch a couple in between. Like, I think definitely at some point in the near future, like in the next couple of months, we should watch another one. But let's take I want a to savor it. Let's take a little yeah. break and then we'll come back. And when we come back, we'll be like, God damn, Jim We can Jarmusch. binge, we can binge the Rocky movies. We can binge the Rocky movies, but Jim Jarmusch, we need to just drop him in here yep. and there. Yep. I feel the same with Terry Gilliam. Yeah, I'm dropping him in. You don't want too much, no. too much all at once. No. I have nothing else for this film. I'm, I'm good on this film, man. Other and thank than... you again, and I would like for 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 anyone listening to this that hasn't watched this movie, you must it do is, yourself a favor. It is and, an absolute and watch this flick. It's oh, it's so good, so good. Only lovers left alive, 2014. Um, yeah, and the only reason we're able to watch movies like this and do podcasts like this, who is it? It's the patrons that make it possible. Oh my goodness, we like them. We are a listener-supported podcast. We certainly are. God damn, can you just, it's weird. I, I love the people who support us more because they allowed us to have this conversation know, about right? this movie in particular. Exactly. Um, so if you like our conversations, which have of late been rather long. They've been long, getting long. Well, it's the, I think it's this month. Probably. This fucking this, movies, man. There are a couple next month that I think might go long, but like, because we're doing two Gilliam movies. Well, next month is going to be, is your birthday month. Yes. So this was Max's Flick Picks, and next month is Carl's Flick Picks. Absolutely. Can, you want to give him a tease? What's the first week? Uh, the first week is, oh, what the first movie is? Yeah, it's going to be Brazil. So the next movie we're going to watch is Brazil by... Director? Terry Gilliam. Terry Gilliam? Yeah. Okay, cool. Um, so if you like our conversations and like what we do, head on over to patreon.com slash Max Peterson. You can find bonus episodes. We most recently, at the time of this recording, recording yes um there'll probably be another series up by the time you hear this but uh we just finished not too long ago doing the i spit on your grave series of films which <laughs> are a fucking trip and you know what that we was got, a lot of fun we actually. got way better yeah. episodes than i was expecting out of those movies like deep conversations and a lot of weird laughs that just make you feel guilty really i know right <laughs> Um, but yeah, bonus episodes and shout outs on the podcast. Mm-hmm. Speaking of shout outs on the podcast, let's start with um, the man whom we eviscerated. I don't know why I'm, I'm turning this to you. You know, I, his I name. know what his name is. We want to apologize. We were actually mistaken. Uh, Connor Sweeney, this is an official Measuring Flicks apology. We did not realize that y- uh, it wasn't actually you who stole um, Danielle and Bert away from Mm-mm. us to move down to South America and start a secondary cartel dealing primarily in psychedelic mushrooms. It was actually your twin brother, uh, whose name is Kner Sweeney. Same spelling, which you can forgive us. pronounced yeah. slightly. Kner, right. You can, you can forgive us our confusion. We, we've... I'm, it is spelled the same. And they are twins. Yes, they well they were twins. Um, I wondered and we, why he had such long hair we, and then short hair and then long, long hair, hair every time you saw him. Weird. And Kner spoke with that weird Italian accent. Um, I say spoke, and we do thank you, Connor Sweeney, for killing your brother in that <laughs> sword duel in South America. It was the it was two rapiers on the beach. It was two beach, rapiers, that, yeah, right, yep. And there was uh, they it started on the beach, went into a mansion. There was swinging on chandeliers. There's cell phone footage. There is. You can find on it on YouTube, YouTube if you look up uh, Connor versus Kner. <laughs> 
Same spelling again. Uh, rapier fight. <laughs> That's R A P I E R. If you spell right. that wrong, you'll probably get you I get spit on your grave graves. trailers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, they slashed old tapestries in half. There was a butler at one point who accidentally got. What is these? Yes, it was. Yeah. Oh, the cell phone footage is great. <laughs> anyway, Connor. Sweeney, we'd like to thank you for returning our ladies, to, uh, saving our ladies and returning yes. them to us from your evil Italian twin, Connor Sweeney. So, moving on, <laughs> thank you, uh, John Scheibe and Casey Scheibe over in the Big Apple, the NYC. They are the rotten little heart of that city. And by oh, rotten man. little heart, I mean soft and an acquired taste no this is going downhill more and more. <laughs> i'm trying to save it but it just keeps sounding bad just um, drop it it's fine i'm gonna <laughs> thanks guys love you lots <laughs> it's like if you're dropping a glass you're supposed to just let the glass drop I know. otherwise you could stab you, yourself in the hand yeah you cut yourself really it's like you when you drop a knife yep, and then just you let it go you fumble with it and yeah. chop just just your fingers are just a bloody mess and you're like i'm in too far i gotta <laughs> I can, I can catch this. I can catch I've butchered this. my hands so bad, I may as well keep trying to grab this knife. And then it goes through your foot and sticks you to the exactly. floor. Exactly. Why am I cooking in bare feet? <laughs> Jesus. No, sandals. I shouldn't Sand- have worn cooks, sandals. Have worn this sandals. is a terrible idea. <laughs> All right. If you, uh, if you want to ask us anything or wonder, you know, wonder in email form why our outros are getting so weird, <laughs> you can drop us a line at measuringflickspodcast at gmail.com. Uh, if you want to particularly bug one or the other of us, mm-hmm. or I mean, reach out and have a conversation, not bug, <laughs> you can uh, try and hit us up on social media. I'm almost never on anything because I'm living in my sequestered little den of art surrounded by books and rare guitars. But uh, you can hit me up on Instagram at actualmaxp or over on Twitter, and that's at Max J. Peterson, S-O-N. Carl Hartley, sir, where can they find you? On the Facebooks, Carl Hartley, K-A-R-L-H-A-R-T-L-E-Y, or Instagram, that's crazycarl, K-R-A-Z-Y-K-A-R-L-006. All right, cool. That's all I have for this month, and... Uh, oh, wow, your month is done. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> did I, say, I did say that. That's all I have for this month. That was the end of Max's month. Wow. Um, I, there's so many amazing lines and so many things I, I want to kind of go out rather than saying something witty and quippy, go, I just want to go out and listen to something you've never heard, read something you've never read or watch only lovers left alive. Mm -hmm.